Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today, we're continuing our week-long discussion about balanced training programs. We're going to be learning more about what athletes can teach us about how to prevent injuries and how to increase performance. We've got one of the best sports physios in the country here. We're getting into it. Time to rock, everyone. If you're new to the tribe, Rich is behind the mix. This is me at the table, Rad Burmeister, and I'm here today with Nilesh Murti from ADPT Physio. And we are Unity Gym, experts at turning driven people into athletes. Today's episode is brought to you by the Unify Movement System, the only online program effectively balancing strength, flexibility, and fitness so you can unleash your inner athlete. Get daily coaching by us, plus our Epic Foundations Prep Program and revolutionary Structural Balance Blueprint so that you can create your ideal program and optimize your performance. As a valued listener, you can use the link in the description to get your first month free. Uh, Before we get started, warm welcome if you're on the live stream in the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group. Leave us a comment and we'll send you some love. Remember, anyone can join that group and interact with us while we record these shows live. And lastly, shout out to our YouTube athletes and podcast listeners catching the replay. Hit the like button to support our channels and subscribe if you like what you see or hear. How are you today, Nilesh? Come on, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, man. Really good. Looking forward to uh, another good topic of discussion with you. I, I love these um, discussions. It's uh, it's really interesting not only just to, to talk to a physio with, um, you know, with your experience and passion, but, you know, a sports physio, somebody who's uh, worked with professional athletes for nine years now, is it? Yep, nine seasons in. Yeah, nine yeah. seasons. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Um, but <laughs> no, no, so hopefully with today's chat, we shed some light on how, you know, we get our athletes to, you know, perform. Yeah. But actually, before performing, prevent injuries, maintain, and you know, get them to the top of the level. So, we'll shed some light in that. Yeah, yeah. So, what is it? What what's sum it up for us? Uh, you, I think you? what we do really well, and I think it's it spans across all sports and in our allied health profession, um, is we know how to split their um, training up. Yep. And, and create a good balance. Um, expose them to what they need to be exposed, and expose them to their deficiencies or asymmetries. Yep. or weaknesses and so forth. So I think we did that really well. And that, that goes in different, different um, variants. Um, you know, there's different cycles that go through where, you know, that there's some grunt times where they're lifting big loads and there's some low times where they're doing a lot of stability work, control work, and, you know, that ranges from Pilates to, um, you know, mobility, mm-hmm. flexibility. And then obviously comes when they have to perform and all mm-hmm. those kind of little um, little taps or little pillars that we've addressed in pre-season or you know, weeks going into the season gets exposed and used to its optimum come in season or come game day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah awesome. So awesome. So what? Uh, so it's not really like because when you're a, when you're an average punter or somebody that just watches all the highlights, um, you know, or follows your team or whatever. I guess there's a there's a perception that athletes train way harder than everyone. Is, is that true? No, that's not true. I think yeah. we, well, they, they train harder. They know how to get to that next level. They know how to push themselves off the edge of the cliff. Yeah. Um, yeah your average punter can't do that. Yeah. But like we highlight, that they do the little things right and all adds up to one ultimate goal, which they do it really well. And yeah. that comes with, you know, having a good training split. They mm-hmm. go through different loading cycles um, mm-hmm. of their week. 
Mm. Um, so that being an example I'll bring in. So they're, they're Monday to Friday come in pre-season. You know, they'll have two big high heavy days where they're lifting heavy squats or heavy trap bar deadlifts or um, big push press stuff. But then there's a low and a medium day where, you know, a lot of stability work's brought in or mobility work's brought in. Mm. Um, and single arm, single leg work brought in just create stability, strength, control, you know. So yep. all the big pillars that, you know, we do at Unity Gym, but, you know, as we know, athletes do day in, day out without even, without even thinking it. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. So so a lot of planning and, and preparation rather than just balls to the wall exactly um, right. style of workouts. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. I'm sure you see all your Instagram videos when guys are squatting X amount. Yep. They don't do that every day. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> They'd probably yeah. do it once in a five-week cycle, mm. you know, and they get they work their way up there. They have that progressive overload, which, mm. you know, you want in athletes, you want in any athlete, yep. or you want in any um, type of training to get results. Yep. If not, you'll have overuse, injury, yep. and you'll come see me. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's interesting uh, to me because I'm actually remembering uh, a couple of conversations with a friend of ours, Sebastian Oreb, um, a.k.a. Australian Strength Coach on Instagram. He's um, one of the strongest people um, in the world. He holds several powerlifting um, you know, trophies and records in Australia. Don't quote me. Maybe he doesn't hold records. Maybe they've been broken now. But uh, I know he's definitely won you know, the National Powerlifting Championships at least once or twice. Um, he, he's the strengthening uh, coach for Hafthor Bjornsson and he was his coach leading up to and during the year where he took out the Arnold Classic, the strongest man, world's strongest man and Europe's strongest man, whatever it was. It's like the trifecta of he's strength. Strong. He's a very, very strong <laughs> dude. And when I was talking to him, he was talking about how, um, because he's got a lot of injuries and you know, I asked him what had changed for him now because he says he hasn't had any bad injuries for a while. And he said, man, I don't train to failure anymore. I worked with a couple of guys. I'm pretty sure they're called the, the Lily Bridges, I think. Um, he said it's a father and son team. And he said, you know, they're from, I think they're from America and they're um, champion powerlifters. And they talked to him about the idea that the people that are not from Australia, for the rest of the world, that are winning the powerlifting tournaments, none of them lift max when they're training because there's too much risk in it and they only do that in competition so the training is always sub-maximal prepares them and then when they step out on stage and they're competing they uh, lift maximally is that could you relate that to an athlete like game day is you know that yeah. competition where they push themselves obviously they're not going to back off a bit if they got to you know run a ball down or you know yeah um, well i think that echoes really well with you know what we do um i think as you say, the powerlifters or your strongmen, they'll do their sub-max lifts. And in our world, we call that, we build your capacity or you build mm. your engine up. Mm -hmm. And that's how athletes do that really well. Because come game day, they're able to tap that engine and expose themselves and work to that 90%. And then mm -hmm. they find that extra 10%. Yep. Of course, that extra 10% worked leading into mm -hmm. seasons, into games and so forth. Um, and that ties in perfectly what your average Joe does. They, they don't build their capacity, nor, nor do they even go, bother yeah. building that six-cylinder engine. They, yep. they, um, they go game day. They go... Um, I'm just going out and um, hitting it. Yeah. I, I had, a, obviously, a client the other day. Um, yeah, my knee saw. I did the first 10K run. Yep. Um, I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, how often have you run? Um, oh, I don't run. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm, <laughs> I've got a um, program and I'm doing a 10K run. So, yeah, wow. again, you want to build your way up. And the athletes do that really well. Yeah. Um, they build the engine capacity. They bulletproof themselves. Um, come hamstring, knee, quad. Yep. Whatever it is. 
yep. and then they come game day to perform mm. at that 10%, that mm-hmm. mark where, you know, the red zone, which obviously, you know, mm. strength coach does really well, your powerlifters do really well, and of course your athletes do day in, day out, and AFL, 22 weeks straight. Yep. And this is, this is definitely something that the average punters out there are, are really messing up, isn't it? Because I've seen that a lot myself. And if you're saying you see it as well, um, being a physio, I've seen it in when, when Yanni and I used to work at Fitness First. It, for, for those of you that are listening from overseas, Fitness First is a, is a big chain gym. Pretty sure they're from the UK, but they've come to Australia. Uh, it's where we got our start in uh, in the fitness industry, and I've got uh, nothing but respect for Fitness First. They're a great uh, business, um, but the 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 members there, the people that aren't working with a coach, that aren't working with somebody to guide them, when you see the way that they train, man, do they hammer themselves! And then you hear the kinds of injuries that people have, where they talk about. Um, you know, they come into the gym, you see them lifting all this weight, training every day, and then you see them come in next week with their arm in a sling and you say, man, what happened to you? And they say, oh, man, I was down at the beach and, um, you know, I just went for a wave or, you know, I, I threw a ball and, oh, I threw my shoulder out or I went for a wave, you know, and I threw my yeah. back out. And you think, how unfortunate is that, that you go to the gym every day, lift weights, do all of this, but then you can't handle getting a wave or throwing a ball down at the beach on the weekend. Like that is very poor preparation for for life, life. right? Yeah. <laughs> Just life. Whereas if you if you understand how to do this stuff like athletes do, that's nothing, right? I mean, these guys kill themselves on the field um, in something like AFL. That going down to the beach and throwing, kicking a book footy around with your mates, like it's nothing. That's they'll nothing, they'll right? run rings around you, you know. Um, so, yeah, that is that is something that uh, it's interesting to hear you say how much better the athletes are doing it than everyone because per- my personal, you know, view and observation of, of people at the gym is that they get it really, really wrong. So, um, yeah, athletes do it differently. Huh? I, I think we touched on this yesterday, but it's good to probably revisit it. it it's, I think the, ath- the difference between your average Joe or your, your, your everyday people versus athletes is the athletes trust, trust the process. They know what the end goal looks like and they're happy to go week by week and build and get there. Um, I think um, most everyday people and most people I see that you know, have had a injury where they've just gone zero to 100, it's, mm. oh, yeah, man, I, I just want to run, so I run every day now. Yeah. Or, yeah, I, I want to get strong, so I just lift every day now. And, and there's no macro loading, there's no recovery, there's no mobility, there's no low days, there's no recovery days. And again, I can keep going mm. and there's... But and, and how does it look different for an athlete? How does it how does it what does that process look like for somebody that gets it right and performs yeah, at the top? Yeah, so level? like again we'll use a Monday to Friday example. Um actually we'll use a yeah, Monday to Friday example. They'll have a high day Monday. Is that how they is that how they work? Are they is their job Monday to Friday and then they Saturday game day. Saturday yeah, game day. In, yeah. in season is very different. Like yep. if I mention in season, they do nothing through the week. <laughs> Really, in comparison yeah. to what they did game day, really? so they basically have a. So we'll go. So if they're playing Saturday, yeah. they'll have a very low recovery based Monday. Yeah, some light, you know, upper body gym stuff on Monday. On um, Tuesday. Yeah. Wednesday they'll go out run, get some K's in the legs, yeah. get some skills going. Yeah. Have Thursday off recovery, fly Friday if they need to fly, and play Saturday. Wow. And it's funny. Is is that it? Is what you know? Yeah. Um, you're probably thinking right now, but. That's because if you've 
go back four months yeah. they've spent yeah. their time to build that engine up to have not six pistons but eight yeah. um you know they've got a big cylinder engine they're working now so um it goes back to having you know high days recovery days medium days and you know mm. low days where you know you have your eight hours sleep mm. recovery at the beach you know go throw a footy at the park and do, not do yeah. your shoulder yeah because the uh, i've always been a, a firm believer and i've experienced it myself that it takes a hell of a lot of work to achieve something that you've never been able to do before, but to maintain what you've already got is very, very little work. Like, um, you know, if I, people always ask me about flexibility. I've achieved a better than average result um, with flexibility uh, for somebody who, who got that result in their 30s. And people say, you know, how much work do you have to do to maintain it? And I say, almost nothing, like virtually nothing. I just hit the positions a couple of times a week or every day, I'll just move my body a little bit like this, a bit of general mobility, and I maintain about 90% of where my best effort was. But to get there, God, did I have to work hard. Yeah, you build your capacity up for it. Yeah, that's so. right, that's right. And I got that wrong a lot. <clears throat> I didn't realize when I was doing it how much recovery um, played a part, even in flexibility training. So what does it look like um, for the pre-season? What, is a, what does pre-season yeah, training so look pre- like when they're not doing game? D- that's, so this is when all the grunt's done, but this is funny. Well, the grunt's done, but they've still got days to recover. So your Monday, Friday being your big days, an example, I use the big squat days, the big bench days. Mm-hmm. Um, Tuesday, Thursday, your low days where they have beach recovery, they're getting the birds, massage and so forth. And your Wednesdays, they're lifting still, but at a low intensity where there's you know mobility or flexibility into their program <clears throat> they're doing single arm single length lifts also mm-hmm. create stability to again bulletproof them again from getting tackled and having some stability in terms of their knee landing and so forth so that's how as you can see it's very really well it goes high low mm-hmm. medium low high yeah. and then come saturday sunday they have recovery Game day. So kind of I mean? so kind of sounds like you're describing a health retreat, actually. You know, like just and it's kicking by beach days. You know, a little bit of weights here <laughs> and get paid for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. But they do that really well. But that's the thing is, when they have to lift, they lift. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they get their numbers, and that's when the numbers matters, the reps matters. Then your recovery days. What matters is okay, cool. You sleep. Um, yep. Did you get your massage, or did you get on the foam roller? Mm. Nutrition. Mm. Um, all the little things that we don't think matters. Mm. probably matters because it gets them ready for the Friday's lift Friday's running Mm. session Mm. and that all it does is it it makes us as health professionals our jobs easier because um, players are prepared to perform and it's um, they're not peaking every day yeah they peak come game day they keep peak come competition so yeah and they um, the recovery is a massive part of it isn't it massive Yeah. yeah Like that's actually, you know, like a part of their week, isn't it? Like it's programmed in, like you're recovering today or you're, you're yeah. doing this for recovery yeah. and, and stuff, which is, which is really different from average Joe hitting the gym, isn't it? Like most people are like, they can barely find an hour to get to the gym. So they want to make that hour as valuable as they can. So they just hammer themselves and then they go into a stressful, you know, 10 to 14 hour work day and, you know, trying to meet family obligations, not getting enough sleep. And then oh, it's gym, I've only got an hour to train. I'm going to go for it, you know, yeah, and it's just like adding stress, adding stress. Cycle, and then yeah. boom, come five, six week mark. Oh, I'm getting knee pain. Yeah. Um, um, so I think, yeah, yeah they, they've got a program in there, but the things they do, it's, um, it's, it's dumbed down. Mm. It's not science. It's yeah. where they walk off, walk off. Yeah. They get the recovery sh- um, protein shakes, which, you know, every joke can, have that pack yeah, in their bag yeah, and shake yeah, that up. Sure. They go home, they have a, um, they don't have a prepared dinner, they make it themselves like everyday yeah. people. 
they go to the beach. Yeah. They've got a foam roller. They've got a golf ball. They've got mm, a hockey. You know, mm, you know what I mean? So mm. all the little things don't do well. Obviously, novelty comes in where everyone sees it. They've got a recovery boot to jump into and zip yeah. it up and sit on their phone. Yeah. But things like that can be done with skins. Yeah. Going to the you know jumping in the pool and so forth. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think um, I think people. A lot of people ask me like when they come to the gym and they start learning about foam rolling or learning about trigger point release, um, things like that, and they ask you all these questions. And I don't realize as a as a trainer how much I've learned over my decade and how much I take for granted. But it it's funny that so much of the things I don't teach to other people because unfortunately, if you're doing a class and you've got an hour you've only got so much time and people want to see a result. They want to see that they're getting stronger, fitter, more flexible, losing fat, building muscle, you know, working exactly, towards yeah. skills, all the good stuff. And even on shows like this, like people usually aren't really as interested in hearing about, again, that you should use foam rollers and what they're going to do for you or, or whatever. But I think people really undervalue what um, goes into being a professional athlete and how it's all those little 1% things that add up, right? Because the more and more I talk to you, the more it validates my personal opinion that success is just about as much, it's, it's just as much about what you're willing to do as what you're willing to give up, you know? And for a lot of people, they're not, they're not willing to, like they want, their, you know, they're hammering their career, they've got their relationship, their family, whatever, and they're like, okay, we're gonna get really fit and healthy. And you think, okay, well, you're, you're, what you're talking about is adding more stress to your life and your body, which has a payoff. It, it definitely, the, it, it has a way of reducing stress as well as you get the benefits yep. from going to the gym and training. But there has to be a trade-off if you're going to give this a, amount of time. There's got to be something that's going to be taken away to allow you to recover from that so it's not just adding stress into your life. Yeah. And it sounds to me, hearing you talk, that, that is, that's definitely something that we could learn from athletes is that they they really get that right. A hundred percent. They get that right because they know the day before they've worked yep. and they've worked a hundred percent, not gone to the gym and ticked a box. Mm. Um, that's the difference. Yeah. And um, then, and, and, and they get paid to sit around and chill and relax and recover from it. Right. Yeah. Cause that's I, probably another difference. <laughs> that's a big difference, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's massive, isn't it? Cause you think about that yeah. because there's a lot of people that go out and play footy on the weekends and they'll, they'll do a full um, 120 minutes, you know, like if people play, not, not AFL, if they play Aussie rules, I guess it, it's called is if you're not yep. in the AFL, right? Um, there's people that still play four 30 minute quarters, right? Like they still do it. Yeah. But then they've got to go to their job. They've got to get up at 6 a.m. on Monday and still go to their job. And then they go and do their training on a Tuesday and a Thursday after work. Correct. And, and miss out, get home well. at 9.30 or whatever, squeeze in the gym somehow and then play and go hard on the weekend. So as I describe this and as I see you, you nodding, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, wow, you know, I, I do that. I play cricket or footy or, you know, um, you know gridiron or whatever, whatever, hockey, whatever it is. Um, Maybe you need to think about what an athlete's doing differently than you to prevent injuries and, and increase performance. Um, and I have been surprised to hear over all these talks that we've had with people like you on this show that often it's, it's not that they train like an athlete. Often it's that they just get these one percenters, right? The little things right. Yeah. The little, thing, little things that matter and little things that, that aren't spoken of. Because yeah. the media obviously portrays someone, you know, running fast and lifting and yeah. oh, media when I say media Instagram and yeah so yeah forth. yeah it's just the, um, it's just the, the perception that people you have. don't see the boys so, go home early 
you know, or day off, pay themselves and get a massage, yeah. you know, or yeah, well, go to the beach at six in the morning in the winter yeah. before coming to the club. Yeah. Like, they're the things you don't see. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And what um, what does it look like differently if, um, you know, one of them gets an injury? Like, say they get a shoulder injury and, I mean, describe a common injury to me. What's a, what's a common injury? At the moment, you know, we've got a couple of shoulders. Shoulders are... A, a trend ones, at the yeah. moment at yeah. the moment yeah. with us yeah so what hap- how did how did so old matey you know comes off the field hit, took a hard hit injured shoulder um gets it what, what do they get assessed on monday how does it work they get assessed and again we've had two they've had surgery um yeah. they they still follow the same principles the guys that are training follow they still train hard in different capacities so example they've got a shoulder injury there's nothing wrong with their legs Right, so they still lift. They still go for it. Um, yeah. When allowed to, they can start running again. Yeah. Obviously, during that time, we start rehabbing their shoulder. And yes, they're doing a bit more than your average athlete now, and the recovery focuses even more. Yeah. You know, yes, they have Saturday, Sunday off. You're not playing games, but they're doing recovery. They're on the bike. So it's definitely not. Oh, you're injured. You're just going to sit out for no, no, a few weeks no. now and not do anything. I reckon you end up doing more. Yeah. Um, but you do more, but you recover more and you have yeah. more time. Yeah. And um, you, and because you're not playing on the weekend on Saturday yeah. for that period of time, um, your body can handle it, right? Exactly because right, you're, not, yeah. you're not adding all that load on the game day yeah. so you can handle more load during yeah. the week. It's funny thing is though, um, with, with most athletes, it's, it's funny. They just look at it as injury as an opportunity. Mm. Yeah. They get injured. They're like, okay, cool. What more can I do? Yeah. Alright, I'm weak, lower limb. Can I lift more? If it's shoulder injury, can I squat more? Can yeah. I? Can that's I? what I, that's what I've always done, man. Whenever I see an injury, whenever I've had a bad injury, for me, it's there is a short period of time where I get down from it. You know, like there's that initial fuck. I've got to modify my program again. I've got to come up with a different like because I, I put a lot of work into strategizing how my training is going to look for the next cycle, and then when that you know yeah. goes out the window i it's i, I more think shit i'm gonna fucking re-strategize now think about what i'm gonna do but once i get past that i always see it as an opportunity um for growth because this injury and working with you you've highlighted things that are going on in my shoulder that's made me reflect back on things that i'd forgotten about that had happened in the past that's made me think man i didn't deal with that properly that's why this is happening and all the all the dots start to connect and that's a massive, um, that's, that's a really good place to be, in my opinion, to be aware of why things have happened and to have an understanding of what it is that you need to do to get better. Mm. And I find, I find immense value in that, personally. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And I think it's, it's getting the little things right, not the big rocks, um, ticking all your boxes, and um, we'll bring it up again. It's not what you do, it's how you get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's an interesting thing. If you haven't heard Nales say that before, um, you know, a, a really common thing that we hear at the gym and that I'm sure you probably hear as a physio, but I can't think of how many times I've heard this when we get new members that come in, it's Friday, it's deadlift day, and we say, right, here's the movement, sir, we're going to do some deadlifts, and they go, I can't deadlift. I say, why not? And they say, I've got herniated discs, man. And they give me this look like, they really give me this look like, man, I, I, I can't do it. I'm, I'm broken. I'll never be able to deadlift again. I've been told I'm done. I'll be done at 50. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, man. We've got members in their um, early, uh, early 30s. One of our members, actually, Nick, he was an AFL player. He was playing for an AFL team. He was yeah, a, right. in, in the AFL 10 years ago. He was in his 20s. And he hurt himself. He hurt his back. And that was it. That was the end of his career. And when he started, this is actually the person that I was thinking of when I was saying this story. When he started, he, he said, exactly that's me. He said, man, I can't. Do, it was the Jefferson curl. He said, I cannot do the Jefferson curl because of this or that. And I asked him to explain his injury. And he said, I've got herniated discs, man. And I said, look, 
I, I get that. I understand it. But my understanding of the way discs work in the spine is that like everything else in the body, they do regenerate if you give them the right stimulus, the right input. The right so, tools around it, yeah. So it's not that the deadlift is the bad movement. It's the way that you got there. And it's the, the fact that you weren't prepared for however much you deadlifted. So I said, let's just do a Jefferson curl with four kilos. And he said, man, I, I can't lift any weight and bend over. And I said, all right, no problem. Let's do no weight and we'll just go through the movement pattern and you can feel it out. And he started with that, went to four, went to six, went to whatever. And I think it was about eight months later that I saw him deadlifting 140 kilos with great technique. And he looked really confident with it. He didn't, it wasn't like he was, you know, um, at the end of his limits. And I said, I said, man, you couldn't do that when you started, could you? And he smiled and laughed at me. He said, nah, man, I, my back was stuffed when I started. <laughs> I said, wow, and eight months later, you're deadlifting 140 kilos. And he only weighs about 75 kilos. And he goes, yeah, yeah. And it's that is a really good example of what Nilesh is saying there. It's not what you did, it's how you got there. Um, and that's a, it's quite a, it's almost a philosophical thing to say, right? Like you've got to really, for me, when I heard you say that, I really had an aha moment where I stopped and thought, wow, there's a lot to that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, like you build your pillars. Yep. Your pillars hold you up. Yeah. Support your pillars. Do your little things right and you'll get results. Like yeah. through the clinic, we get you know, clients, oh, I've been told this and I've got a slip disc and this and this and this and this. But you got to get the basic things right. Lift, mm. move, get strong, mm. do what you can do. Mm. work on what you can't do mm. and ultimately you put it all together yeah. you'll get to what you want to do so yeah we're actually working at defining um, different levels for our members here um, at the gym so that we can more clearly say to people this is when you move here and that's when you move there um, and what we've the definitions that we've come up so far with is level one two and three and level one is people that are that still need to learn the techniques for the fundamental movements so the stuff that's on our posters out there, which is the basic stuff that you learn when you come in, conventional deadlifts, uh, low bar, squatting, flat bench pressing, nice. just the basic movements. But the idea being that you don't go to level two, which is where you start testing yourself and creating a custom program. You don't go there until you can do the technique right on the basics. And that's all it is. It's not about, oh, you need to be here for six months. You need to be able to lift this much. You need to be able to, it's about just you need to be able to do this and you don't even need to master the technique but you need to be able to do it yep. competently without a coach having to correct you where to put your elbows yeah. and where to hold Legs your hands and like a license to kill yeah. basically to progress so yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, you know if you're listening to this um i highly recommend that that's where you start that if you're not at that point yet if you still need to ask somebody how do you do a bench press how do you do a squat how do you do a deadlift don't worry about how much you're lifting yet worry about dialing in those uh that technique you know, building those pillars like Nalesh just said, and then worry about how much you can lift. Hope you guys got something out of that. I always love having Nalesh on the show. He is a, an amazing physiotherapist. He's helped me immensely with rehabilitating my slap tear and torn uh, rotator cuff. Um, if you want to connect with him, you can go to adpt.physio and uh, book in for an online consultation, even if you're not in Sydney or in North Sydney. Uh, and I can, I can vouch for the amount of guidance and information and invaluable, um, invaluable strategies that I've got from just having conversations like this with Nalesh. If you're a switched on person that's willing to, um, you know, take on board what you're told and, and implement it, then you'll get a hell of a lot out of an online consult. 
Um, thanks for coming on the show today, mate. And everybody that's listening that's in our UMS online coaching group, we will see you in our online coaching call in a minute. Thanks, mate. See you guys. Done.